Wonderful. All right. Good morning, everyone. It is a wonderful day to be alive. I hope that there are at least three Bibles in the house because you're going to use them. <laughs> All right. Praise God. <laughs> Okay, so we have at least three Bibles, and I'm going to go ahead and ask the Lord right now to bless what He has purposed in the hearts of at least four to five people from last night. Thank you, Lord God, for having us come together as a one group, one body, and decide what you wanted to be said today. Lord God, we came up with the title, Last. At table time, that's when this sermon was made. And so, Lord God, I just thank you so much for the, the helpers that helped out and uh, just, just the camaraderie and the unity that we had over this one work. Lord God, I do believe if we, were, we as a church are able to come united in a, any single thing, that the accomplishments would be 10, 20 to 100 fold. And I thank you for your promises in that. In Jesus' name, amen. Today we're talking about show and tell. Show and tell. We're going to deal with three things today. We're, we're discussing body is the temple, loving your enemies, and give generously of your resources. You think we're going to go to Malachi? I have a surprise for you. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And that's from 1 Corinthians 6, 12 through 20. If someone could get that, please. 1 Corinthians 6, 12 through 20. Was there anything left out? Did, did God leave anything out there? I think he pretty much had hit his head, you know, right like that. You know, it gives, it gives America no excuse whatsoever. 
No excuse. None. Zero. Zip. And yet, the people with money decide, oh, I have an idea. Let's make these abortive things a good thing. Let's call evil good. And then try to make the church toe the line. Which in many cases has already happened. That's why we need as a unified front to take this on. Because scripture is so plain here. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You are bought from a price due to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. Sin is always fun for a season. Always. But then what happens? You have to pay the piper. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. There it is again. Paul was given some pretty powerful lines he got to write down. But you know what he called Scripture? Everything that was in the Old Testament because they didn't have the New Testament at the time. They were still writing it. The New Testament wasn't decided on until 300 A.D. After they were dead. <laughs> so when they talk about Scripture, they're talking about everything in the Old Testament. We get an advantage. We get to call it all Scripture. So when we look at it, it says all Scripture is inspired by the Word of God <coughs> and is powerful to the cutting of bone and marrow right to the heart. This bad boy cuts to the heart. I like that. That is so cool for me. I love that. The Word of God always cuts to the heart. That's why the pastor and I, when we talk, it's like, oh my goodness. We've, we have tried to pound things into people's heads year after year after year, vainly approaching. Why? Because we weren't listening entirely well to the Lord. He says, I don't care about your head, I want your heart. So how does one get to the heart? It's very simple, actually. You go for the felt needs. You show people you care about their needs first. Show first, talk later. I mean, that's the way it is. I mean, Jeremy comes in with an object lesson straight off, and I'm like going, ha ha, that's awesome. <laughs> Are we going to let our legalism overpower our desire to have compassion on, the, on, the, on people, period. And again, like I said, I am talking to myself as much as anybody else. Because everybody knows, I have people I have problems with. And it depends on the day. If they're acting awesome, I don't have a problem with them in the world. But if they're going to be a little stinky around me, I'm like, oh, no, I'm leaving. <laughs> I know there's times I've acted stinky a little bit. They call it grumpy, but I call it stinky. <laughs> because it's not fun to be around. We're going to be, a, what do you call it? An abhorrence to people who want to live it their own way. We're going to be, as a church, unattractive to those 
who still want to live in sin. That's why we always start it. To him or her who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to you this morning. Wow, he's got a lot to tell you today. He does. Like, love your enemies? Oh, I don't want to do that. But what does Luke 6, 20 through 36 say? And Tim, can you take that one? Luke, uh, Luke, Luke 6, 20 through 36. 6, 20 through 36. <laughs> Yeah. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed is the blessed be the poor, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you that hunger now, for you shall be filled. Blessed are you that weep now, for you should laugh. Blessed are ye when men shall hate you, and when shall they shall separate you from their company, and shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, the reward is great in heaven. For in them like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. But woe unto you that are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe unto you who are full, for you shall hunger. Woe unto you that laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe unto you. When men shall speak well of you, for so spoke their fathers to the false prophets. But I say unto you, uh, which hear, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you, bless them that curse you, and pray for them that despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on one cheek, offer also the other. And to him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. Give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask it not again. And as you would have, um, as you would have that men do, should do to you, uh, do you also to them likewise. For if you love them which love you, what thank have you? For sinners also love those that love them. And if you do good to them which do good to you, what thank have you? For sinners also even do the same. And if you lend to them of whom you hope to receive, what thank have you? For sinners also lend to sinners and receive as much again. That was 34, right? Yeah, I need 36. Oh, 36. Yeah, I need up to 36. Love enemies, and good, and leave, for nothing your reward shall be great, and you shall be called the children of the highest, for he is kind even unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Wow. Uh, anyone have another translation for verse 36? Another translation for verse. You're you're using regular KJV, right? KJV. Okay, okay. So I need another. It's it's merciful both ways. Merciful. 
Over there it says merciful. So we all agree that it says merciful. Does the Holman say merciful as well? That's, right. yeah. That's what you have. Okay, praise God. All right, praise God. He has his Bible. That's awesome. <laughs> That's cool. Just a second, just a second, just a second. Um, love your enemies. Pray for those that persecute you. It goes against every good plot line Hollywood has out there. <laughs> I mean, I mean, what, what, what's Batman going to do? If he starts praying for those that persecute him, what's a Batman going to do? Probably become more powerful if you look at it. Because <laughs> the thing is, what, what happens to the prayer of a righteous man in Scripture? What, is it, what does it say? It avails much. That's awesome. Praise God. So, when we get to that 32 through 34, we're doing okay until we get to 32 and 34 because it's like, I want to hate that person. I really do. He did something mean to me 20 years ago and I'm still holding on to it. I mean, there are people here that aren't even that old. And here you are holding on to a 20-year-old grudge. <laughs> no. <coughs> yep, I raised it from a youngin'. It was about, you know, when it first came out, it was a ornery little cuss, though. <laughs> I mean, we raise some of these things like we raise our children. Sometimes I think they get treated better. <laughs> Honestly, we nurse a grudge like we, we put our own kids. It ought not be. Because what happens when you pray for your enemy? What happens when you don't expect something back? Yeah, I'll pay you back. Yeah, sure you will. And the thing is, is that even that thought, even that thought, is an aberration to the Lord right there. Why? Because you're already expecting, you're already judging that he's not, he or she's not going to pay it back because of their track record. Humankind is a lot about track record. Yeah, I forgive you, even though I keep the track record right here. I forgive you until you do it again. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll remember every time you did it before. <laughs> God didn't say that. He said once and for all. He said, when I forgive you, it's done. It goes into the sea of my forgiveness. If he can do it, he showed the example on how to do it. If we don't do it, it's nothing less than disobedience, isn't it? Nothing less. If I wasn't talking to myself right now, I couldn't say it very loudly. I'm learning this stuff as I'm speaking it. Okay? If we don't forgive like God forgives, we're going to hold on to people's track records. 
Jeremy read this in Bible time the other night. He uh, read something about that said, uh, take care of the log in your own eye before you go after the speck in another person's. What's that? Yeah, go, go do, do you have that exact verse ready and ready and raring to go? Okay, read that, read that verse, read that verse, yeah. Do not judge so that you won't be judged. For with the judgment you use, you will be judged. And the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but, do, but don't notice the log in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, and look, there's a log in your eye? Hypocrite, first take the log out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do you understand why people on the outside of the walls consider us hypocrites now? Mm-hmm. Too focused on trying to tell them what to do because it says about suffering about how we are disappointed. See, here's the deal. All God wants you to take care of is you. You take care of you, the rascal that you are, or I am, then we won't be focused on Oh, <laughs> you know, here we are with our magnifying glasses for everybody else. Sometimes, and I found this interesting, the stuff we have most problems with is the stuff we're going to tell people not to do. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, okay, so when we get in our prayer closets, uh-oh, uh oh. Did I say the wrong thing? Prayer closets? Does anybody know what a prayer closet is? Is it dusty or well used in your house? It's just curiosity. If it's well used, believe me, people know it. Okay? I mean, it can be as elaborate as the one in War Room, or it could be as just as basic as. Sitting in, your, <laughs> sitting in your command chair with your feet up on the bed. <laughs> or it could be an extruder on extruder four if you're alone. Or whatever extruder I happen to be on that I'm alone on. Oh, the times we have over there. I mean, the times that me and God have together are really precious to me because it's like we talk about stuff that... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I, think, I think it's like we'll be talking along and all of a sudden he throws in something. Yeah. And then he makes me stop and i got to think about it. And then I'm like going, but if I do that, what do you mean that, but i got to follow that priority list, but this is more important? This is how we talk. Sometimes I end up yelling at him. Oh, no, you can't yell at God! Yeah, you can. It says cry out to him. It says boldly approach the throne of grace. Does that mean don't respect him? Absolutely not. The reason I'm going to cry out to him, the reason I am yelling at the top of my lungs in the throne room is because of the grief inside of me that's going, what do you think you're doing? Why are you doing this? This is not right. Show me. And then he'll put in that one little sidebar that always catches you off guard. 
because he wants you to forever forgive your enemies and those that persecute you and whatever else. America has no idea what persecution is. They have no clue. They don't get their way, they're persecuted. No. If that were true, they would not be able to survive where there's real persecution. America has no clue what persecution is. We have all these Lives Matter movements and wanting attention. And it's like, don't bother with it. What is the thing you need to bother with? First you, then your family, then your workplace, then church. This was the priority system I was given. I was like going, how in the world can this church be a third priority? What in the world we do in ways and higher? Why? And I will explain to you why. Because God's heart is not within these walls. <gasps> Pastor's listening. You just said that, 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 that uh, his mission isn't inside these walls? <laughs> it's not. Matthew 28 said, Go ye therefore. That doesn't mean sit here in the, in the pews and stink. Go ye therefore, make disciples. I don't know how more basic that could be. <laughs> Going out there is the most important part. So you start with yourself. Your family's next because they're the ones closest to you. If those people don't get the gospel or don't understand that you are a Christian or don't have any evidence to convince anyone that you're a Christian, I think you better go back to your prayer closet again and find your Christian. <laughs> What do I mean by that? If no one in your household, if someone's come into arresting Christians and they totally bypass you, <laughs> there's a problem. Okay. Go in and examine who or what you are in response to Christ. If you're a Christian, you show it first, and then you tell. If the, you know them by their fruit. Yes? This is yes, this is no. <laughs> wow. If your family doesn't even, I mean, let's say you were surrounded in a family of Unbelievers, you're born again. But if those unbelievers do not see you as what you pro proclaim in church to be, re-examine yourself. There's some lying going on. And it's starting in you. Sometimes folk from the outside can see you better than what's going on, on the inside. And they're not judging most of them. I'm a, I'm a factory worker. And it, it gets kind of lonely. <laughs> it really does. Because there's some things I can't talk to people about. 
because they're always doing this number. They walk my direction. <laughs> I wish I didn't know what it was about. <laughs> I know what it's about. And it, I would love it. I would love it if I could, you know, go toward a person and all the way and they're looking at me straight in the eye. <laughs> that would be great. I would love it. I would really, really love it. It's, it's been almost 20 years and I get the same response all the time. Does it make me love him any less? No, it makes me want him in, in, in Christ's arms all the more. And that brings me to my next point. Basically, can we get them into Christ's arms right there and then? Yes, you can. Why haven't any of my co-workers decided that's the way to go? Because they still like their life of sin so much. I like, a lot of people just like their lifestyle. Great to have that one, but... Uh, and and I, I'm glad you don't drink and I'm glad you don't smoke, which I couldn't smoke, because I get that a lot too. And go, I want to quit, they would say to me. I'm going, yeah, that's, that's a really tough thing. It's really tough. I don't know why it's tough, because I've never done it, but I can't speak from experience. And it's that, it, it kind of bums me out, because I can't speak from experience. But everybody's glad that I can't speak from experience. <laughs> And I'm like going, okay, well, I, I wish I could help, but I can't. And, and it's, it's one of those things that really bug me because I can't help them because I don't know. And, uh, but God can. So love your enemies. And pray for those who persecute you. Because what happens when an enemy becomes a friend? Well, they become a friend. That's the end game anyway. Whew. And we talk about how, you know, you give and don't expect back. There are people that can do that. I have a hard time doing that. I, I, I'd like to be paid back. That would be great. Because I could have used it for something, I'm sure. <laughs> and yes, that's entirely and totally selfish, but that's me. That's me. Do I have to work on it? Yeah. Got to take it before the throne and get it taken care of. Because according to Scripture... I've got to generously give and not expect anything back. God already did that. The example was already set, so I have no excuse. Which brings us to give generously of your resources. Matthew 6, 1 through 13. Ah, you thought we were going to go to Malachi, didn't you? <laughs> Sure, you can. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it, uh, Karen. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let One your through thirteen. Do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they 
I mean, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen was added on. But just a thought. He has given you way to give that people don't think about. You may be totally penniless. And there are times of the months where we, there's times of the month that we actually are. But you can bless people nonetheless. I mean, I've seen it happen consistently. I mean, we have, I mean, yes, we've run out of gas, but within sight of a gas station. I thought that was great. <laughs> but that, my friend, that, my friend, was a gift. You walked in the hot sun just so that you could get the gas, so you come back. That's ministry right there. There you go. Exactly. And what I'm saying to you is you can give at times when you don't even know that you can. And yeah, I would love it as an elder if we could pay everything off that we need paid off. Believe me, we have tons to pay off. But that's why I'm telling you guys. Take care of yourself first. Your family second. Your work, for, your work people third. Because those work people, they need to hear, they need to actually, they don't need to hear the gospel, they need to see the gospel. As it's been said over and over, you may be the only gospel they see. And then there's here. Here is where we train you to go out there. That's why this place is fourth on the list. Yeah, take care of it. Yes, this is the sanctuary of God. This is the place where we come together and as a united front decide we want to serve God the best we can. And then we go out there and do our job for the rest of the week. We are never done doing our job that he has designed us to do. Ever. That's why I get kind of, I kind of chuckle when people say... Uh, uh, what are you going to do in retirement age? The same thing I'm doing now. <laughs> it's like, Robin and I were talking about it this morning. It's like, ministers retiring? <laughs> that was the biggest joke I heard. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm telling you. I mean, the calling is irrevocable and is lifelong. The only time I'm going to retire, as people would like to say retirement, is when I cross those golden gates, oh, golden gates, pearly gates. <laughs> There's probably gold involved, too, in the streets. <laughs> but I'm just like going, praise God. I'm going to get myself a new body, but until then, I'm going to keep on holding on. He says, occupy till I return. It didn't give, you, give me an age to where I get to retire from that. Moses started at 80. Just give, put, put that in perspective. He led a, a bunch of ungrateful people around the desert for 40 years. <laughs> that was after he was 80. <laughs> oh my God. 
<laughs> I just, I, I just like, I, I, it boggles my mind. We see all these folk in the Bible, how old they are, and, and their, their, their ministry didn't end until they were gone. And we want a retirement age. We want, when I look at our thing for retired pastors, I'm like going, why does the Church of God have a fund for retired pastors and who are they? <laughs> I know some who've went on to glory, those are retired pastors. <laughs> I just, I just don't see it. I mean, we are in it for the long haul. I don't care how old you are, if you can still talk to somebody or minister to somebody in some way, you are a viable part of the church that can do something. And to not do it is not a good idea. Because God said to do it. I mean, it's, it's like, it's not the Ten Suggestions, it was the Ten Commandments. Psalm 119 is full of things saying, I follow your precepts when I'm happy. Follow your precepts, follow your precepts, follow your precepts. And it makes me joy. The whole nine yards of that acrostic. Just boom, 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 boom. I, I am so glad I follow your precepts. Even though, da-da-da-da, I still follow your precepts. Even though my enemies gather around me, I follow your precepts. Your righteousness is like. And it's like, I don't know how old the guy was. I don't know who wrote Psalm one time. Psalm 119, no one does. But the thing is, follow your precepts as to the entire thing. I love your law. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's no retirement age. There's no retirement age for that, honestly. Oh, so here we are. We are talking about, once again, just to go over it. Da, da, da. Come here, page. Oh, poo. Wrong side. All right, here we are. We're talking about body being the temple. So if you're going to have your temple all, all together, treat it with respect. Know that it's the sanctuary of the Holy Ghost. And be able to do His will no matter how old you get. I mean, things may fall apart physically, but if you are still spiritually ready to go, you can still pray. There's always prayer. You can always still pray. Love your enemies. Pray for those that persecute you. Oh, there's that prayer again. How about that? Then give generously of your resources, which are honestly God's in the first place. Malachi talks about it. The entirety of Malachi 3 says, I want it all. 10% is just for starters. But that's the only part of Malachi we usually read. <laughs> oh, well. Lord God, I want to thank you for this time. 
want to thank you for the attention that you were given this morning, and I thank you so much for everything. Oh, praise God. Yeah. Before I get into a benediction, I want to make sure everyone is settled. And in that, <clears throat> that everything has been said that needs to be said, and that um, we're all satisfied with what you need to say to us today. So, yeah, I guess that's it. All right, well, praise God.